Hello, this is Pastor Nick Hood. Today the focus is on Proverbs 19 and John 19. One of the most fascinating uh, observations I learned in reading Proverbs 19 is at the very end, uh, it talks about flogging. Um, and, And these verses in Proverbs 19 are verses of wisdom. Uh, so for example, um, those who do violence to their father and chase away their mother are children who cause shame and bring reproach. That's verse 26. In verse 28, a worthless witness mocks at justice and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. And then the last verse is the one that really touched me. And it's just a coincidence because Uh, We're also reading from John chapter 19. It says in verse 29 of the 19th proverb, set of Proverbs, condemnation is ready for scoffers and flogging for the backs of fools. And think about that, because when we uh, begin to read in John 19 in the interrogation of Jesus, the very first verse says, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. Uh, flogging was one of the procedures, one of the techniques used um, in the Roman government, but we also see it uh, some in the Jewish, uh, you know, Jewish community. Uh, and flogging was um, a way of beating a witness uh, with a um, uh, a whip. Sometimes the whip had um, thorns on it or some something prickly to dig into the back of the person who's being beaten. And then it's held together by a stick. And uh, this is what happened to Jesus immediately prior to him uh, being given, forced to carry his own cross to his crucifixion. So we begin now with Proverbs 19. Better the poor walking in integrity than one perverse of speech who is a fool. Desire without knowledge is not good, and one who moves too hurriedly misses the way. One's own folly leads to ruin, yet the heart rages against the Lord. Wealth brings many friends, but the poor are left friendless. A false witness will not go unpunished, and a liar will not escape. Many seek the favor of the generous, and everyone is a friend to a giver of gifts. If the poor are hated even by their kin, how much more are they shunned by their friends? When they call after them, they are not there. To get wisdom is to love oneself. To keep understanding is to prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished, and the liar will perish. It is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury, much less for a slave to rule over princes. Those with good sense are slow to anger, and it is their glory to overlook an offense. A king's anger is like the growling of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. A stupid child is ruined to a father, and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. House and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness brings on deep sleep, 
An idle person will suffer hunger. Those who keep the commandment will live. Those who are heedless of their ways will die. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and will be repaid in full. Discipline your children while there is hope. Do not set your heart on their destruction. A violent-tempered person will pay the penalty. If you effect a rescue, you will only have to do it again. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future. The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. What is desirable in a person is loyalty, and it is better to be poor than a liar. The fear of the Lord is life indeed. Filled with it, one rests secure and suffers no harm. The lazy person buries a hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to the mouth. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will learn prudence. Reprove the intelligent, and they will gain knowledge. Those who do violence to their father and chase away their mother are children who cause shame and bring reproach. Cease straying, my child, from the words of knowledge, in order that you may hear instruction. A worthless witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked devours iniquity. Condemnation is ready for scoffers, and flogging for the backs of fools. John 19 Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Jesus went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the Jews, Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. 
Jesus asked him, asked them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says, They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission. So he came and removed his body, Nicodemus, 
who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices and linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Thus we end the reading of John 19 and also Proverbs 19. And I'd like to offer a few questions for reflection. Number one, what did you learn from Proverbs 19? Which of these Proverbs meant the most to you? And which of these Proverbs seems most challenging? What are your thoughts about the Proverbs in Proverbs 19, which talk about the poor, friends, parents, and children? After reading the story in John 19 about the interrogation, beating, and crucifixion of Jesus, what new insights have you gained? Number six, what connection did you learn between Proverbs 19 and John 19 regarding the flogging of Jesus? Seven, what is your impression of the way Pilate handled the interrogation of Jesus? What are your thoughts about the way the Jewish leaders made their argument with Pilate for the execution of Jesus? And what do you think about Joseph of Arimathea requesting that Pilate release the body of Jesus for him to give him a proper burial? Also, for Nicodemus to come uh, at night bearing the aloes for the preparation of the body of Jesus for his burial. Any other thoughts from John 19? I'd like to share with you a brief little prayer based on what we've just read. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. But most of all, I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Pastor Nick Hood, pastor and senior minister of the Plymouth United Church of Christ, located in the heart of Detroit at the very tip-top of the Medical Center in Detroit. Our street address is 600 East Warren Avenue, right in the heart of the city, we worship on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 in the morning, but also on Wednesdays at noon. You're certainly welcome, if you're ever in the Detroit area, to stop by and say hello. Tomorrow, we wrap up the Gospel of John with John chapter 20. Uh, it's been a long journey, uh, but uh, we've gone through it, and we will make it. Um, and then there is... Um, we have uh, Proverbs 20, and Proverbs 20 um, will continue with the wisdom. I misspoke. Actually, we do not wrap up John tomorrow. We have uh, chapter 20 tomorrow, and then there's chapter 21, where Jesus gives the final instructions to uh, the disciples, and in particular to Peter uh, and to John. 
and uh, it's a beautiful uh, wrap-up of the, um, you know, the gospel. And then we're going to do something different. So we have two more days in the gospel of John, and we'll finish John. And then when we finish John, I'm going to shift gears and go to the seven last words of Christ. And uh, this is a little out of our ordinary sequence, but... um, I hope you will find it meaningful, particularly since uh, here in 2019, we are right at the doorstep of Good Friday. Uh, at many churches around the world uh, have ministers who will preach each of the seven last words. And so what I'm going to do is in the seven days leading up to Good Friday to focus on one of the last words each day. I hope you'll plan now to join with me. Again, thanks so much for being with me in this process.